If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. I'm Erin Sadler from Sadler Science. And I'm Nicole Van Tassel with iExplore Science. We're here to cut through the confusion to help science teachers like you make science relevant and engaging with student-driven instruction. We know that when students take ownership of their learning, teaching can be simple and fun. Thanks for being here and let's dive into the episode. Hey there. So this is Nicole Van Tassel with iExplore Science and this is a solo episode Um, I know we've kind of left you hanging the last few weeks. We hadn't updated you what was going on. Basically, um, our initial plan was was just to create a summer season and then um, just acknowledge that it's really hard for Aaron and I to coordinate recording during the school year. We are on different time zones. Aaron is working full-time. This year, I am also working full-time. I'm back in the classroom, of course, and... It's just difficult to find the time that works for both of us um, and and get these episodes recorded. Um, And then just keep up with all the other things that go into recording these episodes and and publishing them. So initially we were just going to kind of do a summer season and end in the fall and then be done. Um, However, I have found that being back in the classroom, there's like so many new ideas that are just flooding my brain and... I'm loving just getting to share that thinking with you. Um, and I, I kind of reached out to Erin and I, I asked if she would mind if I kind of do a few solo episodes or like a a mini, I don't want to say, like, I don't know, a, a, min, a mini series, I guess, um, with some of the ideas that I'm encountering and strategies I'm uncovering and, and all of that. So she was on board with it. Um, I don't know how long, you know, this is going to last. Whenever we do drop a new episode, it's it's definitely going to still be on Mondays. Um, I have, you know, several ideas that I want to share with you. So I anticipate that we will be publishing, you know, a few in this series for sure. Uh, and then, you know, Erin mentioned that, you know, she might want to take over and do kind of a mini series. And we'll probably do something like that until um, until we're able to coordinate, you know, our, our recording together timeframes. Um, so that's the update on on kind of how we are going to be moving forward. Um, but in this episode, I really want to share with you a strategy that I have found is working really, really well for me in my classroom. Um, and it was also, it was actually a strategy that Aaron shared with me. So this is totally all um, Aaron's influence as I was talking with her about 
how I wanted to approach classroom management and how I wanted to um, think about like student behaviors and you know I had what I had in mind I was I guess what I was searching for was the actual format of carrying that out and anyway she shared with me this idea of respect agreements so in this episode I want to share with you um, some of my thoughts on how I established a classroom culture in my classroom this year and Basically, my experience so far has been really successful, I feel like, this fall because of that foundation that I laid very early on in the year. So, okay, let's dig into that. So a few weeks ago, I noticed that, you know, the honeymoon phase of the school year was ending and I was starting to see some behaviors popping up in my classroom. And I say like behaviors in quotes, like it's totally normal stuff, but things that I don't really want to see, you know, broken pencils and colored pencils littering my floor at the end of the day, Uh, the supplies that I had, you know, organized and set out nicely in the morning, not quite making back to the right shelf or the right place, Um, a rise in overall chatter and silliness and disruptions. Um, And it was just really clear that, okay, wait, we needed to pause and we needed to review our classroom norms and expectations and... I actually even had to, there was one day that I had to shut down a collaborative questioning activity in one of my classes because they were just being a little bit, um, not, not focused on their learning, uh, focused on putting ridiculous pictures on the back of our jam board, um, messing with other people's pages on our collaborative learning documents, things like that. So we had to shut down that activity and, um, I don't know, we did something boring, uh, for the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of class. And anyway, I was sharing that story with a colleague at another school and her response to me was like, well, but wait, how did they react to that? And at first I didn't, I was just like, I don't know, like, what do you mean? Like they just, they just were quiet and then they opened their books and and they read and answered the questions that, you know, because I had no, I didn't have an alternative at that moment planned. So I was like, all right, well, we're just going to do this reading and we'll come back to this questioning thing later. Um, And so she clarified well, didn't she get any pushback when you did that? And 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 that kind of caught me off guard because I, I don't think I had realized in that moment that my experience this year was significantly better than prior experiences I have had in the class working with sometimes challenging populations that when you do pivot like that or there is some sort of consequence, you get the pushback. And I've had the pushback before. I have had the sass and the disruptive comments and, and the anger and um, the kids marching out. And, you know, I've, I've experienced all of those things. Like, it happens. But I didn't get any of that. And that's despite and, – and, and then in obser- observing just the same students in different settings – It's not that my students are incapable of doing that. They are fully capable of doing that. But they didn't. And it really got me thinking of like, well, what's different this year? What is happening this year that is working better for me than it's worked in the past? And what I realized was, I I think it's coming back to this like respect agreement that we had created. Because when it came to me shutting down that activity, my conversation wasn't you are being so bad or blah, blah, blah. It was, this is really disrespectful. Like what is happening to 
other students in our class, like their work, their questions, their um, learning time. This is not what we had agreed on as a class was appropriate. And for that reason, this activity is over and we are going to do this the rest of class. It shifted our conversation. So anyway, that's the whole like why this idea of me wanting to share about respect agreements came up. And now I'm going to share with you what I've learned about respect agreements. Okay, so one of the biggest changes I made this year was actually using respect agreements to establish the classroom norms as well as consequences in my class. Um, Instead of coming down with coming in with what I've done in the past as like a traditional top-down approach to our rules and expectations. So respect agreements, let me share for sure why they're effective. Um, and then and then we are going to dig into like what exactly they are and what how you exactly I did them and how others can do them. I am for sure not an expert. Like I said, I just learned about this this year before school started so you may already be an expert on it respect agreements and I would love your input or your thoughts or if you have suggestions for doing it in the future because I for sure know I can do it better than I did it this year but all that said I think it is is really the reason that I've 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 that things have been going well this year in terms of the majority of behaviors in my class um and and just the the learning culture in my class so in general like respect agreements are this like collaborative um, process through which we establish our classroom norms and, and like I said, we did consequences as well in class. And the reason they are effective, they're, they're really effective because they are defining as a community like what behaviors we associate with giving and receiving respect. Because that does look to a degree different to different students and it gives everybody experience in talking like about this is what I, like I feel respected when I see these things and I don't feel like I'm being given respect or treated respectfully when I when I am, you know, treated in this way. Um, it really creates an opportunity for students to, to offer their own input and it therefore cr- cultivates that like buy-in and ownership in the classroom that they are having a say in what's happening. Because of that, it promotes accountability and experience and acceptance of the expectations and the consequences. So because we've all agreed to this, because we all talked about it together, there's no reason that, you know, we shouldn't be carrying it out together. Um, there's no reason that the, you know, you agreed to that these were the consequences, like you agreed to it. So that's what it is. Um And it really just kind of cultivated a sense that we are this team, we're this unit, we're working together for this common goal of learning and growing. And I really set that as like the common goal is creating a culture where we can all learn and we can all grow, which means it's a safe space, which means it is a um, um, a, a welcoming place. It means we can be focused on our learning and we're not disrupting others um, and preventing that learning from occurring and so on and so forth. So... Like I said, when I when I had to shut down that questioning activity, it wasn't me coming at them with like scolding and shame and anger and like I'll admit, I was like frustrated at that point. I was yeah, I was I was like I planned this and I wanted it to go well and it was not going well and and you know, but instead of coming at it with, okay, I'm just yelling at you and I'm so angry and blah blah, I really I managed to calm myself down for a minute <laughs> and just, you know, close your computers and 
I'm sure I had a little bit of a tone in my voice. I'm working on that too. And we'll talk about that in another episode because I'm really working on not coming in with a tone because I believe, I like, I hate it when I get tone from an administrator or from um, my husband or, like, anybody. And I, I don't think that we should be giving that to our, well, even if they're 12 or 13. They, they deserve to be talked to respectfully. Anyway, that's another episode. Um, but I directed our attention back to the respect agreement. And I, and I, I shared that the behavior that I was seeing in this lesson not from all students, but from many, weren't meeting the norms that we had established together, you know, disrupting others' learning, messing with others' work and supplies, holding side side conversations when someone was speaking, whether it's me or somebody else. Like, that's, those actions don't show respect. We had agreed to that ahead of time. And I just couldn't let us continue this activity where we were continuously disrespecting each other and, and, and like myself included in that. So yeah, some of the students were mad for sure. But one thing that I really noticed, they weren't mad at me. Like, I'm sure maybe one or two of them were. But like across the board, a lot of the anger I saw was just mad at each other. Like, now we have to just do the stupid reading instead of doing the talking and asking questions and wondering and and all of that that we were doing. It really didn't feel like that teacher versus students um, moment that can sometimes happen when you are issuing a consequence um, and and I think it was because I was able to fall back on that respect agreement and communicate a message of no I'm not punishing you I'm just reinforcing like this was these were the norms in our community and we can't continue activities that are breaking those norms because we all deserve to be treated with respect and right now like not, the students were not respecting each other um, not just you know me so I didn't get pushback um, since then I've con- I've yeah, I've had to refer back to that respect agreement at times. And again, I, I'm i not seeing that like breakdown of relationships because I'll admit after that, I was like, oh shoot, I really don't want to have to, to, I was worried about like having to focus on repair in our classroom relationships. And I did not experience that following that situation. And I have not for the most part experienced that Um following you know times where I've had to refer back to that respect agreement so anyway a respect agreement I highly encourage you to investigate it and see if it's right for your class but I'm going to share with you what I've learned about it and how I actually carried it out so okay it has four parts kind of think of it as like a poster with a grid um, a four you know four thing grid and you have your student to student your student to teacher your teacher to student and everybody to your environment. Um, And then, like I said, I also threw in consequences. We did that afterward because I kind of was trying to think of like, well, how am I, like what consequences am I going to have? I don't really want to focus on them as like a, well, if you break this, then we're going to have these consequences and like come down like heavy on that. But I also felt like it was important to iron out what those consequences might be and what they might look like because I do believe that having those, that consistency and that clear communication is key. So I didn't want to totally like leave it out. Um, and someone suggested to me that, well, why don't you have, have them give some input? Like what might be, what consequences do they think are, are appropriate? So I brought that in as well. So you can totally vary the materials you use. Maybe you have like chart paper and you're doing a gallery walk around the room. Maybe it's like sticky notes and a spot on the wall I've seen. 
Um, my students were writing on desks with like chalk markers and dry erase markers and things like that. And we basically developed this collectively. And I've also seen it um, used typically when I've seen in research, like in um, official presentations about respect agreement that I could find. There's like not much online, but what I could find. There was a lot of talk about restorative circles. Um, these are designed to really promote equity of voice as well as inclusivity and all of that. But um, I, I'd, I'll be honest, I'm not super familiar with that. I literally just learned about respect agreements before school started. So I was just trying it out. But so what I did is I just divided my students into groups and I asked for their input and I just asked them to think about like what does it look like, sound like, feel like when, you know, this shows respect to this. So at the student to student, when a student shows respect to another student or student to teacher or what it, sh what it looks like, feels like, sounds like when a teacher shows respect to a student um, and then everybody to our environment. And so students just shared their responses by writing their ideas with dry erase markers on our science lab tables. I did set a few rules, like we don't erase others' ideas. If we disagree with them, we can put an X next to it. Um, and if we see something that we agree with, we don't have to rewrite it. We can just put a star. And I also said that all ideas are valid, like at this point, at least. Yeah, I got some random stuff. I got some garbage. There was one comment I did have to erase. Um, so that was not a valid one because it was attacking another um, teacher, actually. Like, not, like you know, verbally um, saying bad stuff about another teacher. So I erased that one uh, as soon as I spotted it. But otherwise, I definitely got positive responses. Um, and so I got some silly stuff too, but I just ignored those. I, Like I said, as long as it's okay, it, it's school appropriate, it was valid. Um, but basically my students really communicated some very great, some really great thoughts. So what I did after class is I just compiled all of those into a poster broken into those four quadrants. And then the next class, we talked about what everybody had created. I, I asked and we talked about, was there anything that we disagree with or anything that we wanted to add? And I'll admit, I didn't get a lot of responses there. I probably could have spent more time doing that in maybe small groups or um, maybe leaving it open for discussion in other ways. But like I said, this was the first time I did it and I just moved on. I did add uh, we don't disrupt others learning because I, I pointed out that our goal here was to learn and grow our brains and prepare ourselves for whatever to have the for whatever comes next to have the freedom and the skills to do whatever we want moving forward um so because I, I always try not to like you know say we well, have to go to college or you have to go to this school or you have to like what I don't know whatever um because then it, it honestly just opens it up for well I'm not doing that so why should I be here um so my my response was just Whatever you want to do, I want you to have the skills that you need to do it. So anyway, once we were to a point where we had all agreed, we we signed and posted this document, um, and and that was it. Um, for the consequences at the table that was for consequences, I just had them list some different consequences that they feel are appropriate and acceptable, um, like that they are comfortable with. And I just tiered those, and it was so funny because they came up with some like really harsh ones. <laughs> Um, and I, I didn't all, take all of those, but I, I did tier the consequences from like the least impactful, you know, like a polite reminder to the most impactful, like an office referral. And we kind of discussed the tiered system and then we agreed to the order of events. I didn't necessarily tie it to like one, you know, I mentioned, obviously if you punch a kid, I'm not going to give you a polite reminder. That's obviously going to be higher up on the tiers. Um, but in general, that's like the level of 
consequences that we're gonna we're gonna move for, move through. Um, but anyway, so I after we we went through it, I posted that we signed it and like I said I've just kind of referred back to it and yeah I've had to refer back to it. I've, I've for sure had um, challenges in my classroom I've had challenging behaviors um, actually my if you're on my email list tomorrow I'm kind of sharing with you with you some of the 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 way those challenging behaviors have dug into my brain in with some groups and and how I'm I'm working on avoiding labels again that could be another podcast episode someday but um but overall I feel so good about my classroom culture and how my relationships with students and how um our learning environment is unfolding I feel like when things happen that are in conflict with our respect agreement I have something to fall back on I have something to go back to that does not make it about me that doesn't um put me in this like it's a personal affront that you are talking while I'm talking or it is um, a personal affront that you're disrupting the class when you know Susan is sharing about her notice and wonder um I don't have a student named Susan by the way but (laughs) it's given me something to fall back on that has allowed me to maintain these just like really strong um student teacher relationships and I feel like, com- I don't want to say like in comparison to other, I don't want to compare how my class or how my experience in my class is going compared to anybody else, but I do see frustrations in, <laughs> frustrations with my students from other teachers and obviously everyone's experience is different and we all just get along with students in different ways but I also believe and and even every scenario is different a kid that has study hall with a teacher may behave differently in study hall than they do in an academic class whatever but I do feel like the respect agreement and the classroom management system that we work together on at the beginning of the year has really played a role in making my experience less difficult, I guess. Let's go with that. Um, Yeah, so I would definitely recommend you kind of investigate if respect agreements might be something that could add value um, in your science class or in in whatever class. And, um, And I do absolutely believe it just feeds into that this whole idea of giving our students more independence and ownership and input in how our classes are run from the curriculum with the student-driven storylines to, you know, the classroom community. Um, it just, it just all connects, right? So that's been my experience with respect agreements. Again, I am no expert. I just learned about it. Thank you, Aaron Sadler, for sharing that with me before school started. I, however, am totally on board with them, and I'm learning. I'm actually in the process right now of like digging into more about this um, restorative justice discipline systems or, or mat management systems or whatever, um, as opposed to traditional discipline, I guess. Um, but and how I can bring more of this type of of thing into my classroom because ultimately my goal is that my students are are there and participating and 
engaged and um, are a part of the learning community, not because they are being like forced to or not because if they don't comply, they're going to be in trouble, but but because they want to be and because they feel like it is their community, it is their, their learning space and all that. So anyway, I can't wait to share more of my learnings with you. Um, next week I will, or maybe next week, maybe the week after, not sure, but I'll be back with something different. Um, but thanks for hanging out with me and... Um, I don't know, checking out this like little mini series into Nicole's classroom. If you are enjoying our podcast, this episode or any previous episodes that, you know, Aaron and I have done together, please leave us a review. We really appreciate it. It helps others find us on um, like the podcast platforms. And we just love to hear what you, you know, want to hear about, what you're enjoying hearing about. You can reach out on Instagram. You can reach out on Facebook um, by email. But um, whatever it is, we would just love to hear from you. So have a great rest of your week and thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to SadlerScience.com slash 3D Planner to grab yours. That's SadlerScience.com slash 3D Planner.